Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. As always, I'm your host, Zach Weiss, giving you the latest scoop on what's up with Cavaliers Nation. And 10 minutes prior to tip-off against Atlanta last night, we said goodbye to a friend who is off to Utah, Jordan Clarkson, traded for Dante Exum and a pair of second-round picks. So we will get to the trade and what Exum brings a little later. We're going to start off by just saying goodbye to Jordan. And, you know, his game wasn't always the prettiest to watch. A lot of isolation. He drives inside a lot, tries to do a little too much. But he was reliable for the Cavs as that sixth man score. He missed just one game while he was here. And you look at this season, he played in all 29 games he was present for. He missed just one last year. The Clarkson era did begin with a bang when the Cavs acquired him. In the Isaiah Thomas trade at the deadline a few years ago, he came in that first game against Boston, and he gave them buckets off the bench immediately. And it was great to see because Jordan Clarkson, you know, he was a question mark. What was he going to bring? It was supposed to be that score, that catch-and-shoot guy, create his own shot. He did not fit well with LeBron. In the regular season, he was okay. The playoffs, he was nearly unplayable. Comes back last season, scores a career-high 1,364 points for the season. 16.8 per game. He played in 81 of 82 contests. Took five and a half threes a game, making about two. He had a 40-point game against the Nets. He had some moments in overtime, and we look to this season. His last game as a Cavalier, we didn't know it would be his farewell, but it proves to be a great one. Friday night against Memphis, the Cavs drilled by 12 points in the fourth quarter. Jordan Clarkson, a big part of their turnaround, hitting three after three. Finished the night with 33 points. He's a guy that could always get his own shot when he needed it. And there's a lot of quote-unquote Clarkson time, if you will. He shot 12 for 17. It was the second time in five games. Both wins that he scored over, that he made at least 10 shots. His six threes tied a season high. He had that same number in the win over Portland when he shot six of six from deep. He's a guy that we could always rely on to get buckets. He only had one scoreless performance this year that came as a shock. It was the 42-point loss to the Mavericks. But, you know, he's going to be missed. He never started a game while he was in Cleveland. But when he came off the bench, you knew you were getting a guy that was ready to score. And do his thing. 33 points in his final game, which was coming off a series of three games in which he only scored 32 combined. But it's good to see Clarkson in all of the Cavs' wins found himself playing great ball. And his style of play, give it to me and watch me work, again, was never the prettiest. But the man knew how to score. He knows what he's doing. And... He will be missed. You know, I think Utah's getting a guy that's ready to make shots off the bench immediately. I think you know, he's going to come in and he's going to do his job. I think that a struggling team like Utah, they haven't gotten much out of Mike Conley this year. Donovan Mitchell doesn't have much backcourt help. 
inconsistency of Emmanuel Moutier hasn't been good either. I think Jordan Clarkson is just what they need. Spark plug off the bench. And Jordan Clarkson will be going back to the postseason this year. So I'm happy for him there that he does have a chance to contend. It'll be his first playoff trip in the Western Conference, barring a wild meltdown by Utah. And we wish him the best of luck. Jordan, thank you for the memories in Cleveland. We're not going to see your number eight up in Raptors any day soon. But best of luck. And maybe, just maybe now, does Delhi go back to wearing number eight? That's a possibility, right? I mean, look, last night, 10 minutes before the Hawks game, mentioned Jordan gets traded. The game goes down as expected. And it was not pretty down the stretch at all. But the Cavs scored 71 points in the first half on route to a 121-118 win. The win was aided a little bit with injuries to Alex Len and Bruno Fernando, forcing John Collins to play a lot of minutes at the five because Daniel Jones or Damian Jones, sorry, I didn't think wrong sport. Damian Jones didn't get out there much. He played nine minutes. He got 15 minutes of Vince Carter in that second half. Quiet day for Jabari Parker in the Hawks bench, who only scored 17. Couldn't really stop Trey Young, 9 of 21. He made five threes, good for 30 points, six boards, and 11 assists. John Collins at 27 and 10 in his return. DeAndre Hunter, 23. And Kevin Herter was shooting well from deep. He had 19. And for the Cavs, shot 11 for 29 from three. Kevin Love got them going early with a couple of tray balls. He finished the day with 20. Darius Garland, a number of great plays throughout this one. He finished with 21 points. He's starting to find his groove. Jetty Osman shooting it well, except for that air ball at the end. He had 18. Colin Sexton with 25. And how about Kevin Porter with 15 points and a career-high nine rebounds off the bench? John Henson continuing to do his thing in the shot-blocking category. He finished with three rejections. He's averaging five over the last two games. And Tristan really wasn't scoring. Shot just one of six, pulled down ten rebounds, couple assists, couple steals. He made a hook shot off a pass from Delhi. And Matthew Delvadova has not been scoring the ball much this year. It's been a real weak spot, but he made a couple of runners in the first quarter, got to the free throw line. He had eight points, three boards, four assists. But the great part about Dilly's performance, it earned him the halftime interview with Angel Gray. And he's more than just a veteran player for this team. He's a solid contributor on the court as a defensive guy. He hounds you. He throws great lobs. He makes good passes. He grabbed two offensive rebounds, right place, right time. And again, his numbers are not going to be great. He's probably peaked in the statistical categories unless he goes somewhere else in his career where he gets to start again. But it's, uh, you love to see it. He's making good plays. He's in the right place at the right time. He played good defense on DeAndre Hunter on the final possession for Atlanta, making sure he would not get the ball. He wasn't their intended target for the possession, but still, it's a good job playing keep away. And it's good to see the Cavs get the win. It's their third in a row. They were up 20 on Charlotte in the second half before winning by two thanks to a last-ditch effort on defense getting the stop. Came back from 12 down in the fourth to beat Memphis by seven, a 19-point swing in the final 12 minutes. And against Atlanta, they led for most of the way. They did their thing down the stretch enough. They were up 14. It was cut all the way to three. A key basket from Garland helping to seal the deal. And that's nice. Three Cavs wins in a row. They're up to 9-21 and 21 for the season. And you notice they're playing much better basketball since the incident where there was a kind of an unofficial attack on John Beeline by some of the players anonymously 
We saw this last year on Colin Sexton where they were all calling him out. Not sure what he's really doing. His decision-making is bad. Colin responded well, and the Cavs have too. And I'm not sure we credit this ber- private yet public berating of the coaching style to the recent success, but we'll take it. Three straight wins, despite the fact that all these teams have losing records. The Hornets have beaten some quality competition, as have the Grizzlies. The Hawks are just in free fall now, 6-25. and 25. But three wins in a row is three wins in a row. And in a trying season like this one, you take what you get, and we love to see it. And going back to Garland and Kevin Porter, both of these guys have been playing much better of late. And Garland did not start the year great. He scored in double figures just once in the first seven games. He has now gone over 20 points four times in his rookie season, including last night. Tied a career high with nine field goals in 26 minutes of action. He had a net rating of minus one. He was three of five from deep, just two turnovers, 21 points, only one rebound, one assist. The thing about assists with the Cavs, they're not passing right to shots, which is why no one player gets too, too many assists. And for Darius Garland, who will turn 20 next month, a 21-point outing is great. It's the second time in this month that he has gone over 20. The other two times coming against Dallas and Milwaukee. This is the first time Garland scored 20 in a win. And you know what we noticed? He's shooting the three ball well. He's got a 10-game streak of making at least one three. He's done it in 19 of the last 20 games. He's getting to his spots. He's shooting, with, he's shooting comfortably. And it seems at the start of every game, he's kind of taking a little step back three. And making it to get going. And you love to see that. Uh, a guy, Garland, is playing the two guard. He's only 6'1". He's not too tall. He can't really dunk. But he's got a smooth touch when it comes to shooting the basketball. So very happy that he's been shooting. Well, he hasn't been playing as many minutes of late. He's gone under 30 in all three of these wins. They've tried something different where Delhi comes in off the bench to replace him. Would like to see him get to the free throw line more. He does not go too often. He's only gone to the line in three of the ten games played this month. But he's getting to his spots offensively. He's shooting it well. He's been okay on defense. He had a four-game stretch prior to the last two of having at least five assists and four straight. Five, 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 and six. He'll get there as a passer. And it's pretty clear he is going to be locked in as a starter. He should be. Maybe later in the season. Probably going to trade Kevin and Tristan, at least one of them. Probably Kevin, maybe Tristan. He'll have more opportunities to make plays, to be the leading shot taker. Maybe then when he's getting to 15, 16 shot attempts a game on the regular, we'll see 20 points every night. But he's shooting it well. He's playing with confidence. And based on some of his craftiness last night, we're likely to see a lot more of that going forward. Now about Kevin Porter. His numbers for the season really aren't too impressive. Eight points, three boards, and two assists. But last night... He was getting to his spots inside. He was finishing over defenders. His, his handles are very nice for a guy that's not a natural point guard or ball handler. KPJ, 15 points for the second time in five games. Double figures for the fourth time this month. He was plus 11. That was his net rating. That is his highest of the season. In his 23 minutes of action, they looked good. He's only gone over 30 minutes once. Would have loved to see him finish the game, but his outside shot's coming along. He's made at least one three. Since making six against Houston, he's made exactly one. And 
six straight games, but he's showing some flashes as a passer. He's had a seven-assist game and several four-assist games. He can dunk on a lot of players in this league. He's shown that. But when he gets to his spots and he shoots comfortably, good things happen. And he is coming along. You remember Cody said on the podcast last month about how he has improved so steadily and how he's going to be so good in Kevin Porter. He said, just give him time. Don't sleep. Uh, Kevin Porter very surprisingly fell to the Cavs at the end of the first round. And things have gone well for him. And you love to see that because Kevin Porter is a young man. Kevin is still only 19. He's still four months away from turning 20. And he's gra- here he is grabbing nine rebounds last night. Picked up a couple of steals, five turnovers. They had a lot of turnovers as a team. They'll fix that. But his defense is solid. His game score of 10.0 gives him his second best game of the year, only to the 24-point performance against Houston a couple weeks ago. But very happy with how both these guys are coming along. And they could both be in the starting lineup by season's end. Probably at some juncture you move KP in. He's only 6'4", but he can defend guys bigger than him. And he can do it well. So, KPJ and Darius, keep doing what you're doing because we love it. Cavs Nation loves it. And now we look to Dante Exum. What does Dante Exum bring to the Cavs? So, the trade that went down yesterday, it was Jordan Clarkson to Utah for Dante Exum and a pair of second rounders. So, he played his rookie season. In all 82 games, he averaged five points. He was started half the year. He didn't shoot it too well. Five points, two boards, two and a half assists. He misses all, the entire next season with a uh, serious injury. Plays 66 games the following year. Then he only plays in 14 in 2017-18. 42 last year, and he'd only played in 11 this year with career lows across the board. Exum is not much of a shooter but is a very solid defender. He's a 6'5 combo guard who figures to be able to play both spots in the backcourt. Utah probably regrets taking him with that fifth overall pick. And not great. Exum has a career high of 22 points, five made threes. He's had a couple of double-digit assist games in his career when he's been given the chance at the minutes. And... Hard to say exactly what he'll bring. He was a part of Utah's rotation in both playoff runs. Averaged about five points in each. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what he brings. He, he's a good, again, he's a solid defensive player. That's what he does well. And you know what else? If anything, it gives Delhi another Australian mate to put in the backcourt with the Cavs. They'll probably be getting some minutes together. Could add some chemistry, though, to the lineup with the two of them being together. A couple of Aussies, of Aussies, rather, now playing on the same unit. And he'll probably, you know, he does bring some youth. He'll turn 25 at the end of the season, has another year on his contract into next year. He had signed a three-year, $33 million extension. So if need be, they can, if it doesn't work out, they can move him next year. It's probably not like last season when they traded Kyle Korver. They brought in Alec Burks. And then they flipped Burks for more assets at the deadline. Probably not the same deal when it comes to that. But, you know, he's a young guy. And I think he could fit in pretty well here this season. Not the best player in the league. Obviously not the worst. He was a lottery pick 
when he's healthy, he gets it done on both ends of the floor. Whether or not he's scoring, you know, he can move the ball. And he's overcome a lot of injuries. So he is a hard worker. And he works his tail off. The Cavs also got a couple of second-round picks, which are nice. You never know who you'll find in the second round. The likes of Carlos Boozer, Draymond Green, Gilbert Arenas, and the guy we just traded, Jordan Clarkson, have come through the second round among many. But, you know, you can also package these second-round picks into another first-round pick. So, and all you have to do is trade an expiring contract in the scoring threat in JC. So, it's a good trade for the Cavs. You get Exum, young guy that can really get it done. And you bring in a couple of draft picks that you can either use or flip to move up and in select draft. And it's good business at the end of the day. It is. Way to go, Kobe Altman. Getting it done. Kobe Altman is barely older than Sean McVay, LA Rams coach. He's in his early 30s. Got assets for Kyrie. Got nice assets for Clarkson. Did the same thing with Corver. He has made some great trades at the helm of the Cavs. He made the Clarkson deals. All of the moves they made to bring in Larry Nance to George Hill. All those moves at the deadline. He brought in John Henson and Delhi for George Hill, who have both contributed well, as that takes us to our next category on John Henson. But Kobe Altman killing it in the GM game. So is John Henson. He is on a tear right now. Mr. Henson, finally healthy after a long time on the bench with the Cavs. He's played in 12 games, averaging four points, three rebounds, an assist and a half, a steal and a block and a half. He is blocking everything. The world is John is in John Henson's hands. He is blocking it all. He made his debut in game number two against Indiana. He got hurt after just eight minutes. He blocked a couple shots. He made a shot. Just one of six at the line. Since he's come back, he hasn't scored in double figures. He hasn't grabbed double-digit rebounds. He, he hasn't even played 20 minutes. But look at him in the shot-blocking category. He had three against Orlando, then a couple games without one. One against San Antonio, one against Milwaukee. Seven against the Grizzlies in just 16 minutes of action. Three more last night. He is changing shots at the rim, which you love to see. I mean, he's a big man at six foot ten, thin frame, but he does his job well. He was always a good shot blocker on the Bucks, and very happy to see him thriving. You know, they got him with Delhi. He didn't get to play at all last season as he recovered from injury, and to see him out there now getting minutes. He made a couple free throws last night, finished with six points, four rebounds to go with his three blocks. It's fantastic. He's a rim protector. Cavs haven't had one since Timofey Mozgov was here, and the team was going to the finals every season. And his team started to play small. Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love both had opportunities at the five, and no knock on Kev, but, you know, he can't protect the rim. Tristan has had his moments as a shot blocker. But, you know, they've made do. The Cavs have lost two games this season by more than 40 points. But with John Henson out there now, they've started to play much better. Three consecutive wins. His ability to deter shots at the rim, even when he hasn't actually blocked them, just gotten his hands up, has been a huge factor. And you know he could be flipped at the deadline, potentially, for another piece. A lot of teams could use a guy like John Henson. He's thin. He can space the floor. He's in great shape. And he can certainly block shots. He was the 14th pick of the Bucks. In 2012, he used to play next to Larry Sanders. Think about all that size. Wow. But yes, he can space out. And he does his thing. John Henson is a great player out there on defense. A lot of teams could use him. 
So if the Cavs want to hold on to Tristan, then they can move Henson and Love. But way to go, John. Great to have you on the floor and getting it done. And, you know, that'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. It's been a good run for these guys right now. We talk about the Cavs' recent success and three straight wins. They are back in action on Friday in Boston against the Celtics. Should be a fun game. We'll see how it all goes down. We will see you after the new year. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year to you, Cavs Nation. We will see you in 2020.